0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Michael Tobe is a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics. He's a contributor to the National Post and the Washington Times and was a speechwriter for former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. And Michael uh, joins us uh, bi-weekly and we talk about a number of issues and hear Michael's thoughts and opinions on news stories and then we have a little sports segment as well, just because he and I are just fans. So, uh, Michael, it's good to have you back. And uh, why don't we start with this? Because I'm really curious about what, what your thoughts are about what's going on in Ottawa. I was talking to David Aiken earlier. He said it's not a trucker's protest. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, um, a protest convoy. It's not a, not a trucker convoy. It's a protest convoy. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it's a pleasure as always, Roy. Um, yeah, the Freedom Convoy obviously started off as a trucker's protest, I think that's fair to say, but it is, it is built up over the past well, few days and has grown in many different ways to include a lot of average Canadians who either have absolutely nothing to do with the trucking industry or had mildly at one point did. And basically, you know, and we can talk about the good and the bad points, We know why they organized, and we understand why they organized, because of frustration over continual changes in COVID-19 vaccine regulations, restrictions, and in this case, a mandate, which was the mandate for cross-border travel for truckers. And that was obviously just used as a a starting point to basically create a, a group of people together who... As a lot of Canadians are, they're very frustrated, you know, sitting at home, self-isolating in many cases. And they obviously are tired of the continual stream of restrictions. They want life to get back to normal or whatever the new normal turns out to be. So they join this protest. So the basic concept of it, where people are just sort of stating that, you know, that they are tired of these restrictions. They want to get back to life as they used to know it pre-COVID-19, which was, you know, before March 2020, and they want to sort of see a return to normalcy in some sense, we can understand that. And whether or not you agree with the convoy or not, you can understand the message behind it. There is no doubt that obviously some, shall we say, bad elements have linked up with the convoy, but that's not surprising, whether it's a right-leaning protest, a left-leaning protest, or just a Canadian protest of no political designation or persuasion. Um, there are just going to be bad elements that come through. And we have seen, you know, photos of a nasty swastika in one place, uh, a confederate flag in another, desecration of the Terry Fox statue, the attack on, you know, the tomb of the unknown soldier. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on that obviously detracts from whatever the basic message of it is and gives people a very bad feeling about it. And when commentary and thoughts about some of the people who are, either organizers or or part of the participating process stating comments that look like white nationalists or white separatist statements, whatever your interpretation may be, it doesn't look good because the messaging behind it creates a bad element that would turn off people who might ordinarily be behind something like this, or at least understand it. If not, yeah. Else.
0: Well, David Perry, who was a guest yesterday, he said, "You know, there are professional protesters, and they will just latch onto anything like leeches. Yeah, and uh, and they'll just uh, they'll hijack whatever's going right. on for their own purposes."
1: Yeah. So. yeah, he's absolutely right. I agree. And there's unfortunately people who do it. Not just in Canada, I mean, in the United States, there are actually paid protesters who used to go to oh, yeah. political rallies. In yeah, fact, yeah. one of them became an MP, as we, as we know, Rob Anders, actually. That was where he got his start in politics. So it does happen. But mm-hmm. So I agree with that, and I agree with people who get unnerved or frustrated by some of the things that they see. And it unfortunately takes away from the message, which is that, does it, you know, did we really need to have a national mandate when the Canadian Trucking Alliance has stated that roughly 85%, although I've seen as high as 90%, of all truckers are estimated to be fully vaccinated. And, you know, there, there,
0: there are such uh, credible people who are challenging if not necessarily challenging the, the the mandate, although many of them may be, but they're certainly challenging the timing of it. The middle of January is really a terrible time to do this. And if you know, we, we look at food um, that crosses the border. We send raw materials to the United States, but we import billions of pounds yep. of uh, of actually processed food that's ready to eat. So it's not an it's not an equitable reality. This this and, and it was just terrible timing. And Trudeau should admit to it. So, yes,
1: hey, I listen, we, I,
0: I, I have to move on here because there's a sure, couple sure. of things we need to talk about. One thing okay. that I, you've written a column on, and I, I want to talk to you about that, and that sure. is mandatory use of snow tires. I yeah. lived in a place, the province of Quebec, which is the only province in Canada where it's mandatory. I sure. lived there, and I'm telling you, they'll they'll stop you just to see if you have a snowflake on your tires. I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea.
1: Yeah, look, it's not something that I, I personally favor. I don't like mandatory anything. As a, as a small-c conservative, I believe in more individual liberties and freedoms, not less. And obviously, when you mandate something, that's the intervention of the government, which goes against the basic principles of what I and many others believe in. But at the same time, I don't think there's another option. I've written about this a couple times over the past three years. And when you have, very quickly, a whole bunch of things, including... Reports from coast to coast to coast, not just in this country but elsewhere, which have shown that winter tires are better on the roads than all weather, all season tires, and we know that they actually perform better. When we know that some provinces, including the province of Ontario, give financial incentives for people who wish to purchase snow tires That's right. on their car, when we know that obviously, so do the insurance buy- companies. Yes, they do. And snow tires by nature make the roads safer and make other drivers and pedestrians and families and children safer as well. It doesn't prevent all accidents, but it prevents most of them. And you know, I had, I drove all winter, all season tires, whatever you wish to call them for many, many years, including in Toronto and in Ottawa, which honest to God in there, that was a, that was a quite the experience. And I'm not going to go through all the things that I went through, but there were a lot of harrowing experiences I had that were unnecessary and could have been avoided had I bought winter tires earlier as I did about four years ago. I would never go back.
0: If you you lived where I lived in Quebec, if you lived where I lived, you could not get up the hill without A, four-wheel drive, and B, snow tires. And I had a big truck. Uh, I mean a big truck. (laughs) Because <laughs> because I needed it because I did a lot of work, early, you know, developing the property, and and uh, yeah. there was no way, and there was a lot of snow. There was no way I could have gotten up the hill to the house. That would have been it. I mean, I used to go rescue people. They'd call me, the uh, phone would ring at like midnight. Where are you? I'm, and I would get out of the truck and go get them. You know, and they had snow tires. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. My sister lives in Quebec, so and directly in Montreal. So I know that, and she obviously didn't do. We didn't have your vocation, but yes, absolutely, you're right. Yeah. What I what's been interesting, Roy, is when some people have been critical of it, partially because they don't want it to be mandatory. That part mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. But when others have come back and said, "Oh no, no, all weather, all season are perfectly no, fine where I same. live in the
0: country." It's not the same. Yeah.
1: That's laziness, and that's basically an it's excuse not, not to spend additional money and do something to make the roads safe and travel safer.
0: Yeah, it's it something made, to think about. Yeah. So we have literally thirty seconds. Tom Brady, okay. go. Tom
1: Brady, incredible career. I mean, really, what can you honestly say? He did it all. He's won more Super Bowls as an individual than any other team. Team in NFL history, just an incredible run overall. But it was amusing that. You know, first we heard about his retirement initially, and then they took it back. You know, this is even after the NFL tweeted out, too. But if it is the end, he has nothing to really accomplish any further in his career. He has really done it all at age 44. Enormous amounts of Super Bowls with New England Patriots, one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, incredible performance both in the regular season and in the postseason and the argument that he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if this is really it a phenomenal career yeah, and absolutely. i'm not a tom brady fan by nature
0: and i'm not a tom brady fan by nature either and i'm not a, certainly not a new england fan or tampa bay but he is exceptional this guy broke the mold he was amazing if you want to hear more